This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is sponsored by The Forward. Stay up to date with unlimited access to news, culture, and opinion all through a Jewish lens. And for our listeners, for 2NJB listeners, get six months of The Forward for only $10. That's 67% off. An exclusive subscription offer for our listeners, forward.com slash 2NJB, and get six months for 10 bucks. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Happy birthday. COVID has been with us for a year now. It's official. But as we're all going to be vaccinated pretty soon, some some aspects of the disease are going to remain with us for a long, long time. Because even though most people didn't end up getting infected with the virus, a huge amount of households, here in Israel at least, suffer from the devastating economic impact that two lockdowns and more everlasting draconic restrictions have brought upon middle and lower class citizens who are simply trying to make ends meet. When Tamara Harel Cohen decided to make Aliyah and devote her career to build a socially impactful startup, she didn't imagine the chaos that would hit us all. Her company Rise Up is helping households make better economic decisions and ultimately get out of debt. But as debt in Israel is constantly rising each year, that is not an easy mission to take on. We're super excited to have Tamara Harel Cohen with us today to talk about her fascinating and innovative company about our everyday economic decisions, and much, much more. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm actually one of the few people that did get infected by COVID. Oh, really? Yes. We could spend really? an episode talking about that. <laughs> yeah, Does I had it at the um, at the beginning of March. We had a office pouring party, Yeah. which didn't um, end very well. So out of our team of, uh, then we were 20 out of 29 people got it. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a Thankfully, good thing. everyone was fine and nothing, uh, nothing serious. Um, but yeah, so now we have uh, some sort of herd immunity in the company. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's nice because I didn't shower today. So, but I'm assuming you can't smell. So I actually didn't have that side effect. I had <laughs> oh, no? other things, but I you didn't could, get that one. Yeah. You could. You could. You didn't lose smell or taste at no. all. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not everybody loses. Uh, yeah. So then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we begin from? Uh, I don't know. It's such a complex issue, right? The why did you why did you decide to make Aliyah and 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 found a startup in Israel to begin with? Um, so I grew up in London. Um, I grew up in West London. I went to a um, all girls school, um, a Christian, you know, Church of England school, um, and from there I moved to America. I went um, to Harvard undergrad and started working in uh, in media. And was Israel was a place where I came to visit my grandparents, where I came to um, you know have a good time on holidays, mm-hmm. um, and hadn't really ever thought of it as a place where I could uh, build a career. Um, and after about six years in uh, um, working in a company called Pulse, we sold the company to Vice um, in the U.S. 
and I sort of found myself at a crossroads at that point I was living in uh, in LA and the world of social impact was something that um, I had sort of been exposed to through my dad and I sort of thought was um, was going to be the next thing that I wanted to do social impact being uh, companies who, um, you know, the the goal of the company is to solve a social issue and not only to make money, but to do so by making, um, you know, building a, a sustainable business at the same time. And um, I came to Israel for 10 days just to, um, to visit mm-hmm. and was sort of in, you know, I had this impact bug and I was going around and meeting people and sort of, you know, in Israel, you in some someone introduced you to one person and then they introduce you to five other people. And so my and week... And then you know the whole country. Literally everyone. <laughs> um, and that energy was something that I hadn't been exposed to before. The level of the talent here was something that I hadn't been exposed to here um, before. And also all of the um, technology and sort of product thinking um, was I found very exciting. Um, and then I stayed. I, did, I went back two months later just to pack up my stuff and was like, okay, if, if I'm going to do something that is meaningful and is going to have a social impact, then it's something that um, I want to do in Israel. And, and then before you moved here, you already had the idea for the startup or you just came here knowing you want to start a startup? I came here knowing I wanted to start a startup, that I wanted to find partners here and that I wanted it to do good. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very open other than that. You mentioned your dad. So just for the record, who's your dad? My dad is Ronald Cohen, um, who did... Sir. Sir Ronald Cohen. Respect. Not to me, but yeah. <laughs> you don't call him sir. <laughs> to be his dad. Um, and he um, comes from um, the world of uh, venture capital. And then at age 60, decided he was, um, you know, well before 60, he decided he would retire. And he went to did like a whole a total one eighty and um and got involved in the world of social impact and now he does only talks about impact so I kind of had no option got brainwashed so tell us let's jump ahead a little bit and then Mm -hmm. we'll go back again uh to talk about how the idea came about but tell us a little bit about Rise Up and what exactly it does and how you guys do it so Rise Up is a platform um focused on on regular people. Um, you know, middle and lower income households in Israel and just helping them to uh, navigate the um, their financial world. Um, and we do it by making it very, very simple. Um, we help them to do it through WhatsApp because, as you guys know, everyone in Israel is on WhatsApp. And that's um, and, and so we think that instead of having to, you know, go into an app and, and decide that you're going to actively deal with your finances today, um, it should be something that you, that comes to you by push. Um, and that way we're able to help to keep sort of your financial situation um, top of mind in a way that we basically manage cash flow. Um, so cash flow is what businesses, you know, call cash flow is king. Um, but when we talk about our own personal finances, we don't ever think about cash flow. We think about budgets. Um, we think about, you know, saving for the future, but we don't look at the specific month and how we can essentially, we say in, in Hebrew, how we can win the month. And the thing that we've realized is that the moment that people understand how much they're making this month, how much they've already committed to um, spending and what's left, 
which is essentially you know the um, the money that they can make daily decisions on, mm-hmm. um, they're able to make good financial decisions, and it sort of lowers the financial stress because we know that when you're in financial stress, you make less good decisions as we do when we're in any kind of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, Not just financial decisions, but decisions in general. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and so that's what we do. Our um, our product is in WhatsApp. And it helps people to know at any given moment where they stand financially. And they're able to consult with us when they have to make bigger decisions. They get to um, to a human being who um, by uh, chat and they will answer them on all of their, um, you know, help them to navigate different financial decisions. So let's say I'm a family and I'm I subscribe to your service. And so, you know. When I'm, I don't know, when I go shopping, you know about it automatically or I need to report to you? How does it work exactly? No, so we're very strong believers in that the, um, the hardest part of managing your finances should be making the decisions. But today it isn't. It's actually getting to understand, to figure out where you stand. So um, the first thing that we did is we built the whole thing automatically. So we connect to all your bank accounts and credit cards. And we do all kinds of, you know, cool technological things in the background <laughs> um, in order to essentially get to this, that one number, which tells you how much money you have left this week or to the end of the month. And that's what you get by push in, uh, in WhatsApp. And then for bigger decisions, we, re- we know that technology can't provide all of the, you know, all of the framework and all of the support that's needed. And there we... Um, There we have our sort of cash flow experts who are real people who are available to you at any time through the chat. So you get a push daily, weekly? You get a push that tells you how much you have left for that day, for that month? You get a push a few times a week mm-hmm. um, for either the week or the month. And, and the people aren't uh, wary of pr- giving you access to their bank accounts and to all their financial information? Yeah, I think that the, um, the, first of all, there's a decision that you have to make, which is, I want to know where I stand, um, which is sort of, you know, the first step to any kind of any process. Um, and beyond that, there's, um, you know, there's different concerns of sort of privacy. Maybe I don't want people to sort of know, you know, if I, if people see how much I'm spending, then, um, not that they're already people, right. It's an automatic, mm-hmm. uh, a system, but there's something that feels like we have to come to terms with our behavior if we're sort of sharing it with other people. Um, and in terms of security, you know, we have one of the strongest tech teams um, here in Israel. Everyone was in 8200 and, and you know, the, the, the best place in order to build um, these kinds of uh, secure systems. Um, and we're, you know, we've been integrated with now recently with the bank discount, which again shows the level of security that we have. Um, but it takes a, you know, it takes a leap of faith, obviously, to, mm-hmm. um, to join in, you know, trust is sort of the cornerstone of what we're trying to build in, you know, in the UK and the US, um, sharing your bank data in order to get services is something that we're, we're all very regular, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're all used to doing. In Israel, it doesn't exist. No. There's no fintechs like that are focused on, you know, on sort of the average Israeli. Yeah. So can you explain the war? Like, how does it look like? Because I didn't understand what you mean by helping make decisions. Okay. So let's say you're in, um, you've gone to the supermarket um, and you, 
And as they do here, right, they ask you if you want to pay in installments. Mm-hmm. How do you make that decision? Depending, like, See, I always say no. <laughs> why do you always say no? Because it's, it's fraudulent, the whole concept of tashlumim uh, here in Israel. The payments. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, pay- you're doing installments on, on a house. <laughs> yes, because I can't afford to. Yeah, so right. some people, if yeah. you can afford it, then it's yeah, then it's stupid. But the problem is, people can't afford even the tashlumim. The, how do you installments? Yeah. yeah, and yet they take them. In reality, they can't afford anything. They're mm-hmm. always in debt. So yeah. So interestingly, Israel is one of I think five markets in the world that allows you to pay in installments, more or less anywhere that you go. Um, and most people decide whether or not they're going to pay because um, because they've been told either always to pay or never to pay in installments. You know, right. my, my uncle always told me never to pay in installments, therefore I don't. Um, and what we're trying, what our service allows you to do is to check at that moment if you can spend the money that you're supposed to, you know, that you've, that it says sort of on the till at the supermarket, or if you need to, um, if you need to, um, you know, spread it out over other installments. For as a small example, um, any kind of uh, um, big purchase or, um, you know, we, we talk about the sort of pizza effect. Can, um, can we order pizza tonight or should we, you know, be making dinner? Um, is something that no financial service helps you to understand. And that's what we're trying to really solve. Um, the second that you understand where you are in terms of your cash flow, you can make that decision. And then spending money can actually be something that is fun because you know you have the money and not, oh, okay, I don't, you know, I, I sort of don't know where I stand. And you open your bank account at the end of the month and it's not usually not the nicest surprise um, of where you stand. Pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> <laughs> sushi, sushi, yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. problem. But I, I have to say, is it, to ask, isn't it a bit sad? Like those, th- those thoughts, decision-making processes should be taught in first grade. Like first grade? Maybe third, six, <laughs> I think grade. that you put, you nailed it in your question because you said decision making processes. Um, most of the sort of, of the financial education that exists in the world is like, let's learn how banks, you know, make money and lend money. And, and it doesn't help you in your life to make financial decisions. How come? Um, how come? Because I don't really need to understand how the bank works in order to... No, no. How come? Because there's the conspiracy that states and oh, wealthy how... people don't want you to be educated. So they're like... I... Do you buy in to that? I don't think that there are many, um, many organizations of people that um, want people to be, you know, in, at a very high financial literacy. Um, so, yes, I sort of buy into that. Um, but I just but think that there hasn't been, it's more because there hasn't sort of been someone that comes in in order to, you know, to try and change it. Is it, I mean, but that's a bit the opposite, right? It's like that there isn't a desire to have people to uh, um, acquire a high level of, it's not that they have a desire to keep people financially illiterate, but rather just. Just, yeah, it's no one's agenda to make you... Um, There's no incentive. No incentive. Because then so credit card you... companies uh, would go bankrupt and banks. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the, no? if you look at the sort of syllabus for financial <laughs> education, it hasn't changed, you know, in the last 
you know, decades. No, but I mean, the idea that credit is like, I mean, I don't know, the banks are keeping you down because credit exists on this fraudulent. I mean, credit is a, is not a bad thing. Like a lot of people use credit and use loans. But I'm wondering if there's a like, it sounds like there's just a lack of incentive to do this. So what is your like how other than just doing good? How are you guys? I mean, I don't know if you could mm -hmm. share with us your business model, but how do people pay for this service? Yes. So, um, so one of the most important things that we were um, trying to figure out when we founded the company is how we won't be in that um, um, in that good interesting, which I can't think of how you conflict of, conflict yeah. of interest, which doesn't happen to me a lot in Hebrew. <laughs> Um, in that conflict of interest, which exists with so many um, financial services, almost all financial services, as you said, credit can be a good thing. But the moment that there's a business model behind that credit that says we have to sell it to as many people as we can, then suddenly there, you know, you have institutions that are pushing credit to people that don't necessarily have the ability to return it. And so when we um, founded the company, it was really important to us to have a business model that was between us and the customer and that our interest for um, over time is to keep our customers and to help them to grow financially and help them to build more and more assets and not to sell them financial products. So we are a subscription model. Um, so it costs uh, 45 shekels a month. And um, from there, we're going to, you know, build all kinds of financial products um, that will help people to, um, uh, to to build more assets and to save for the future rather than having to, um, you know, having to push credit because that's sort of our model is an affiliate fee. I don't think there are many startups here that actually created a product in Hebrew. Yes. Right? It's... Especially for, uh, for an Ola. <laughs> yeah. I came uh, uh, to Israel five years ago and, and straight to the Ulpan. So it's been a pretty interesting ride. <laughs> um, I think I'm one of the only people I know in Tel Aviv that writes emails in Hebrew. Um, yeah, we, I think that's one of you know, the, the reasons that we started the company with a focus on Israel and not Israel as a pilot. Because a lot of companies here use Israel as a pilot market and then you know, they go to the US or to other um, larger markets. Um, but when you look at financial services here, there's been almost no innovation. We're very, very strong in fintech, but not in fintech that looks at the Israeli market. Because um, it's so heavily regulated here. Or because there's not really any incentive to, um, to enter the game. Um, because, you know, you build, um, you can build systems here that, don't, you know, they support Hebrew, um, as you know, as you ask the question. Um, but when you look at um, the market and, and if you're able to capture a, a good enough size of a good enough percentage of the market, um, it can be a very significant business. Um, and so for us, it was also very important to sort of, it is very important, you know, we, we've made some steps, but we're still on our way to prove that you can, um, you know, that you can build things for um, the Israeli market. And that, you know, from here, we can then take it out to, to other markets, but there was sort of an, a sort of export of, uh, of the success in Israel. So you had no idea what was coming your way when you decided to find to establish this company, right? Um, so how did it all start? And then maybe tell us a little bit about how COVID influenced. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I started the company with uh, with three partners. Um, Yuval Samet, who is the CEO, who comes from a um, rich background in uh, in banking, um, but sort of you know digital and product banking, not not what you think of when you say bank. Not a bank teller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iftah Bar, who is um, you know one of the strongest um, technology guys uh, uh, in Israel, and Hanan um, Rubin, who. Um, is a um, social activist, politician, and sort of brought, you know, the sort of the whole social side and sort of understanding the issues in Israel. And we together looked for a problem that we could solve, um, you know, using sort of the the lean startup model and using um, the experience that all of us sort of had, you know, from different worlds. And very quickly, you know, when you go around Israel and you ask people what's, you know, what's plaguing you or, you know, what would you like us to solve? the cost of living is something that um, comes up a lot. And when we started to, um, to research that and dig into that, we realized that the, how difficult it is when you're, um, when, you know, when you're an, a person alone against the system in Israel, um, how difficult it is to understand where you stand financially. It's really, really, a, it's not a very user-friendly experience. Um, how come? I think because there's been there hasn't really been much competition in the um, you know in the Israeli space when you think of, in the Israeli market when you think of all the um, you know all the fintechs that have uh, um, that have come up in uh, Europe and in the US that sort of make the user experience so much easier um, you know so obviously starting with mint but today there's there's millions of them um, and and here you know we haven't had a new bank in in something like 60 years. So, but what do you mean? Like, I, I can go into my, I don't know, my bank account through an app and see how much money I have or check, you know, what I have in various funds through the their websites, right? So, so how, how what is, what's missing in the user experience? Can you describe what does exist out there? Yeah, um, automatic savings, um, you know, investing by a click, um, different kinds of uh, tips that will help you to, um, you know, to, to save or to change your behavior, um, different kinds of rounding up schemes. Um, you know, there are um, there really are amazing and, and big companies that have been built around these sort of concepts um, uh, around the world. Um, and in Israel, you know, the, the bank apps aren't necessarily that much, you know, they're, they're as good as the bank apps in the uh, US or the UK, perhaps. Um, but they're not, you know, giving, they, they still don't look at, you know, the consumer and sort of say, okay, what, you know, what can we do in order to help them mm -hmm. um, to achieve their financial goals? Um, and so, so that's the problem that we set out to solve. Um, today, we're a team of, uh, of 30 people. Um, you just raised mm -hmm. some funds, no? Or? We raised um, a second round last November, which was pretty good timing in terms of uh, um, COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And we, um, yeah, you know, we, we <laughs> as everyone was, um, were sort of, you know, um, shocked and then reeling from the shock of sort of um, everything that's happened this last year. Um, for us, it's, it's unfortunately made us very relevant mm -hmm. and and then on the flip side fortunately i think the um the conversation about finances is something that has started to come up it's something that people are talking about way more than they did um before and i think that that's something that we you know i hope will continue also after 
Um, and so we've, you know, we've grown a huge amount in terms of our customer base. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've done a lot of, uh, you know, we've sort of helped people um, to make a lot of financial decisions that were very difficult in the last few months. So can, can you share yeah. Yeah, some numbers <laughs> with us? <laughs> we're, numbers? Uh, we're greedy for numbers. Maybe like, how, uh, can you tell us how much was invested, who invested, maybe how many users? Um, so we raised tens of millions of dollars. Wow. Um, Aleph, Michael Eisenberg at Aleph is our lead investor. Um, and we, I think, uh, at the, we more than sort of doubled our user base during the months of, uh, you know, between April and, and August. Um, and so now we've sort of been, um, growing steadily. We opened our service for free for those months, mm. um, because we, you know, we felt like I'm sure like everyone did, you know, we just mm -hmm. want to help, but we, we, you know, um, and, uh. And we really did, you know, get a huge amount of sort of inbound uh, questions of how, you know, how much, how long do we have? How long is our runway? Um, mm. Especially at the beginning where people didn't know, you know, are we going to get unemployment? What does it mean to, you know, um, be furloughed? How, you know, how long is this thing going to last? Um, and so I think in a time of uncertainty, I think that we were able to, um, you know, to help some people navigate some tricky decisions. Can, can you share some numbers about the market here in Israel? So how many families, I don't know, what's the, the amount of debt? How many families can't make ends meet in the What do you work with? So um, one in two Israelis in 2018, I think the, um, the, the number is from, um, it was in overdraft in the last year which means uh, in minus, like, which means that they're, um, the, you know, that they're essentially paying or paying a loan that they just, you know, signed when they took, when they opened their bank account. Um, and one that, in two. And one in two. 50%. And how's that comparing to America, the UK? So in other markets, um, um, you know, people don't, for example, in the US, People use credit and revolving credit in a way that um, is less common here. Now they're starting to also have uh, revolving credit cards. Um, and so can you break that down a little bit. Yeah. Me? So in the US, for example, you can, um, you know, you can pay a credit card, you can buy stuff on a credit card and then you don't have to um, necessarily pay your entire balance every month which is something mm. that you don't have in Israel. In Israel, you have sort of a delayed debit, which means everything that you swipe this month is going to come out of your account next month. But here we have this uh, safe safety net of the overdraft loan. And um, people usually don't know how much they're even paying on the overdraft. And it can be easily be 10 and even sometimes it gets to sort of 15%. Mm. Um, and... So I think that the spending habits aren't necessarily different. There are just different sort of mechanisms that people use here and there. Wow. One in two is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Can you give us a, a success story? Um, yeah, one of my favorite stories is a, is a girl called um, um, Shachal, who's very proud that we tell her story, um, who actually uh, um, met one of our um, uh, team members, uh, Itai, um you know um and he convinced her to join and at that point she had 50 shekels in the bank and it was the end of the month and she would get every month to you know down to zero and then paycheck would come in and and that was sort of how she was living and um and just by connecting and understanding 
how much money she had to spend each month. She started immediately to um, to you know to leave some money aside by the end of uh, at the end of each month. And after a few months, she realized that she could start say you know Itai told her you can start moving money to a savings account. So she started a direct um, a direct uh, debit to a savings account. And she started to build herself sort of a safety net. And then she decided she wanted to go back and finish her um, high school education, which she didn't finish. And so in order to do that, she would have to change jobs because her job was a daytime job and she would need to sort of get a job in a, you know, in a restaurant or something that she could do while she was back at school. And so to do and and when she made that move, she had to, um, you know, she had a month where she didn't have a paycheck. And she was able to do that because she had built herself this, uh, this safety net um, and cushion that allowed her to make a really big life decision and to sort of, you know, change sort of the, um, the course of at least the next few years for herself. Um, and she did it without going into minus at all. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And now she's... Really incredible. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, I feel like this last uh, the last few months though I mean the last year actually has probably been um, I don't know kind of depressing for you guys like on one hand it's an opportunity you get a lot of users and a lot of people actually require a service that the service that you're providing but but on the other hand sometimes it feels like many of these people might be in a situation where there's you know almost no help I mean they're getting very little unemployment uh, they're out of a job. So it's like, what kind of advice can you give to someone like that? Um, we've had, uh, for sure. Like we also are people, you know, everyone that works at at rise up is there because they want to create, you know, a change, um, in the world. And, and so we take sort of every, every story like that, um, you know, to heart. Um, and we've, you know, we've built a, um, a process of sort of, um, bringing in, you know, di- of different kinds of support that, you know, isn't sometimes a technological product, um, isn't a technology product, isn't the right um, solution, right? Sometimes managing your cash flow isn't going to help you if you're if you don't have income at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, and we've connected to a bunch of different, um, you know, financial consultants and different organizations that we're able to help, sort of, you know, um, to, you know, to. Um, to recommend to people mm-hmm. um, as a way to get um, support that we can't provide. I see. Sometimes does the advice reach like, listen, you're going to have to find a, I don't know, a place, an alternate solution for, for living, or you're going to have to like, is sometimes the best advice you can give just listen, you're going to lose money and you need to find a way to lose as little as possible. Yeah. I mean, we're very, um, Part of the good thing about our services is very matter of fact. Um, it's not, we're not, you know, when you, a lot of the sort of charities and financial consultants that work in the space um, come with a lot of, um, you know, people leave feeling a lot of guilt about the way that they spend their money. And we try not to be in that emotional place at all. Um, and and sometimes when you're having a very objective financial conversation, it can be, um, it can be very tough. Um, and you know, we have, uh, we've, you know, usually, um, someone, you know, is making a phone call and is having a session with them and is, um, you know, really getting in and, and trying to, um, trying to understand and, and trying to help. 
and and if we're not the solution then we definitely try and find a, a place that would be okay so most of the startup industry here in israel is still like exit oriented right you say exit in english How yeah do you, yeah um and so what do you have to say like to young entrepreneurs who think about what their next startup is going to be and can you convince them why they should go more to the impact social startup route rather than just making money um well i think that the biggest thing is is because it's possible um you know i we haven't you know we haven't finished our journey and we talk about building a company for 30 years ahead so um it you know might take a while before we become sort of the success story but um but to build a um, fantastic world-class team to raise money from the best investors in the world um, at, in large amounts um, is something that is possible with a social mission. Um, and I think that we're, we're seeing more and more examples of that. And I think that as entrepreneurs see that, um, I believe entrepreneurs in general come to solve an issue and they care about the issue that they're solving and a lot of them end up doing other social things on the side because you know they want to find other ways to give back and i think sort of the um the combination of seeing that there is this you know this new market of impact that there are impact investors that people are raising money uh that um employees want to work in a place that has um that has a mission you know we're We laugh at it sometimes say it's always such a millennial thing and you know to want to have meaning in your life um, you know in your work life but it's something that we get huge numbers of inbounds of people that want to come and work with us because they connect to our mission um, and so I believe that the 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 way to get people into it is by showing that it's it's good for business and it can help you to be even more successful and to Um, get the investors you want around you and get the team that you want around you um, because at the end of the day if it doesn't if it doesn't make business sense and it's not going to work um, you know the the change won't be uh, scalable in the way that we believe that it can be um, and I think that in Israel when I came five years ago people were really skeptical and I think that by now there's enough sort of examples enough interest in the space that um, people believe that it's possible Very cool. But some of the, I mean, some of the biggest companies out there, you think this is something that's still kind of at the, at the first stages? Because the biggest companies out there, when you look at them like Amazon and Google, right? They're, they're not necessarily with an explicit social statement. Amazon is a social. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> not at all. Um, in terms of like, in terms of the biggest companies in the world, I don't, we're not, we're not there yet. Um, you know, the, For, for most of them there's corporate social responsibility which means that we'll continue doing what we're doing but we're also going to open uh, some kind of fund or mm -hmm. some kind of school um but i think that consumers are also becoming you know amazon's a great um example um you know there's a lot of debate about whether it's uh you know whether you should be supporting amazon as a consumer or not um and i think that the more that those conversations happen Um, the more the companies that have a um, social mission will be successful. And I think the money sort of will, you know, the flow of, uh, of consumption will, will help those companies grow. I see. But, I mean, don't you think that 
sometimes I have an issue with the whole social responsibility mm-hmm. uh, uh, framing because I feel like companies like Amazon or like Google, you know, they, they provide a service to people who, who need a service or want a service. Um, and, you know, the, the line, I guess, is between the need and the want and what is, where do you draw the line and what is need and what is want. But they provide a service. A lot of the times that service, you know, helps many people. And then you're right. Then it gives them the opportunity to do this whole corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. uh, shtick <laughs> and and help out. But I wonder if if creating, I mean, that cycle of you know the market uh, uh, creating a demand, people have something that they need, and and providing that you know filling that need is doing a service, is doing some kind of so socially impactful thing. Um, I I agree. You know, the, and they're also creating jobs, which is mm-hmm. great, and. Um, and there are many um, there are many positive things um, to these companies, and I think the question is is are there negative side effects? And and for many that you know there aren't really that negative, um, and um, but there you know but there still are sort of you know there's kind of do no harm. I think is sort of the first step, and then um, in terms of of sort of brands and 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 the kind of new brands that I think will be very strong in the future those are brands that have a mission because people are are looking to connect to that um and i think that um you know when we when you're you're choosing between um for example amazon there's no one that comes close to amazon so you you know you're you're not choosing between you know two apples that's one is uh, you know one is socially better um but i think that as you know as as time goes on i hope that there will be um, more and more companies that come and, and give a fight on both levels that they they have to be as good as um, you know as the top tech companies yeah I don't know I buy my books on uh, book depository but mm-hmm. uh, I, guess I buy Amazon's... my tech in B&H yeah <laughs> so so we don't use Amazon yeah. <laughs> um, so people abroad can use your service yet not yet okay is there like a you can sign up for to get an, an update when it's available or something like that you know we should do that yeah, we also right? need to have a website that's in English somebody uh, recently um, um, messaged us that they did a Google translate of our website and then my partner's name is iftah bar and and so it said uh, you know open bar because it's like <laughs> the translation um, so we are um, we will also soon start to think of other markets and then obviously it won't only be in Hebrew and within Israel, we're starting to look at, um, at different languages too. Very cool. So what can we plug then? Um, the website. The website in Hebrew with <laughs> yeah. Google Translate. And Donate found, to open bar. <laughs> uh, found a social impact startups. Sorry, sorry. Come again. To, to start social impact okay. startups. So that's the recommendation. Yeah. That's the. But if people do want to learn more about, I mean, is there a way they like they can visit the website? I mean, obviously not our English listeners, but what is the website? Uh, Riseup.co.il. They can uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Always happy to. Okay, so people can reach reach out. Reach to out you. to me. Tamara yeah. Harel Cohen. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. It was very inspiring. Very mm-hmm. cool. And hopefully we won't need your services, <laughs> right? <laughs>
<laughs> Everyone needs it. Uh, okay. No, it doesn't matter <laughs> what situation you're in. That's a good question. Is there, are, are there people who are in financially stable, even, fi- even good financial situations that are, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we have, you know, we have a whole spectrum in terms of our, um, in terms of our customer base because everyone could use some help in terms of getting, you know, mm-hmm. being more efficient, saving more money. Um, you know, the goals that they have might change, but it's not something that is, um, you know, it doesn't only work for people who are in debt. So even Jeff Bezos can sign up. <laughs> you shouldn't get that you pizza should, you tonight, can plug Jeff. Him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so it's been great. Thank you for coming. Before we go, yeah. we have um, a sponsorship. Uh, we are sponsored by The Forward. Yes forward.com slash 2njb you get an exclusive offer 67 percent off uh six months for 10 bucks yes forward.com slash only 2NJB. if you can afford it though yes that's true so first check with rise up and then go to forward.com slash 2njb forward is a great source of uh, news opinion uh all through jewish lens yes also Sheva. IsraelNationalNews.com. Check them out for great content in English about Israel. And finally, AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Australian Jewish News. Check them out. AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. And we accept donations. Please help us out. Go to TwinJubi.com slash donate and throw some money at our direction. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And good luck with the initiative. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>